Hello everyone and welcome back to Happy Human Club. I'm Soph Mosca. I'm the host of this podcast and today we are going to be diving into breakups once again. I bet y'all thought we'd never be back here but we're taking a little spin on it. Um, We are going to be talking about what I kind of created in my head and what I refer to as the phase two of a breakup. Um, and I'll kind of go into like what I categorize as like phase two and everything, but, um, this just kind of came to me the other day and I was like, I think I want to do a podcast episode about that because if you guys didn't know, um, and if you didn't listen, go ahead and go listen to the episode that I did, um, a little bit ago on breakups. I think it was called like, let's talk breakups. And I think you guys should listen to that first before you go and listen to this. Cause I think in that episode, like I talk more about phase one of a breakup, what I refer to as like phase one. Um, and I also think that if you are in more of like the fresh raw early stages of a breakup, um, you might benefit more from, that first podcast episode rather than this one or maybe you'll find like more comfort or might suit you more like your needs more that episode might be better for you because I think that this episode might be a little bit maybe frustrating to you if you are still in those like really raw stages because you're probably going to hear things that you don't necessarily want to hear or you're not ready to hear um like dating other people forgiveness and just things like that because I know that in the early stages of my breakup like people would be like you'll find your person like blah 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 and I'd be like I don't want to find my person they were my person you know and I'd get like aggravated um but that's like very much phase one so I think it'd be really beneficial for you guys to go ahead and listen to that first episode that I did I didn't even refer to it as phase one back then because I literally just created this like theory in my brain like a few days ago, but definitely start with that episode. Or if you're like in the more raw days, definitely start with that episode regardless. Um, but I think we can just hop right in and sort of just briefly mention like what phase one of breakup, I think like what it would include. So again, this is more of like the previous episode, but I'm just going to briefly touch upon it. So I think this is where you experience the most rapidly shifting extreme stages of grief i talked a lot about the stages of grief um in that episode when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply look bumble knows you're exhausted by dating all the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters and what do i even say other than hey <sighs> well that's why they're introducing an all-new bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier starting the chat better and dating safer they've changed so you don't have to download the new bumble now families have a lot going on 
Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. But I believe, and that's like where that stuff, that's really happening. The emotions are huge and ever changing and roller coasters and there's super high highs and super low lows and there's no middle ground. You know, that's like really phase one. Um, this is like, this is the worst of the worst. Like this is the most painful gut wrenching. My life is over part of a breakup. You're missing them. You're blaming yourself. Emotions are so incredibly heated. Um, and again, these are like the early stages and I do just want to mention though, I feel like time spent in phase one is different for everyone. Like it could be a week. It could be years. Like it could be a couple months. It's different for everyone. I think it depends a lot on the situation, how the breakup was, the people involved in the breakup, how old you are, how long you were together. Literally, it depends on so many things. So I think that it's important to recognize like, ugh, like maybe you're like, we literally dated for a month, but I've been heartbroken over her for like three years. Like, it's okay. Like if you're still in phase one, I'm not saying you can't be. But this episode is just about phase two, what it looks like and sort of what goes on there. Um, and you, I feel like you can definitely bounce back between one and two, phase one and two. Like there's no saying that once you're in phase two, you're stuck there. But I do feel like once you're in phase two, you're probably to a point where you're healed enough to where you could do things to prevent yourself from going so deeply back into phase one, if you know what I mean. So now let's talk about what phase two is, because this is really like the bulk the juice of this episode. So um, this is sort of where you'll find that your rose-colored glasses have sort of lifted. And when I say rose-colored glasses, if you don't know what I'm referring to, that's sort of saying like you see the world through pink, through love, like you're when you have rose-colored glasses, like the person you love can do no wrong or you make a lot of excuses for them or whatever it may be, you're very much like, you're very much in awe of them. And it's really hard to, to step back and take a subjective, logical look at situations and emotions when you have these rose-colored glasses because all you can think about is how much you love them, how much they mean to you, how sad you are that they left you, all of this stuff, or how sad you are that you guys broke up. Maybe you left them, but you're still sad about it. Whatever it is, you have these rose-colored glasses on when you're in love, um, and they I feel like they heighten in phase one of a breakup. Like It's like they're red. Like You can't see straight. All you can think about is like how sad you are, how much you miss them, all that stuff. And I feel like in phase two, these rose-colored glasses start to lift up. You're not wearing them so much. And 
I think the most important thing to note is you know that you're in phase two and you're really working on the healing and you are healing. I feel like you'll really know that if you are able to forgive. So if forgiveness has occurred, I feel like you can safely say, okay, I've like shifted into the phase two of the breakup. Like you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I really want to touch on this because you guys saw I publicly forgave. (laughs) Um, And like, I'm not going to spend this episode talking about myself. This isn't about me. I'm trying to help you guys with my own life experiences, but I, I forgave. Right. And I, I was very open and honest about that as I have been with my entire breakup. Um, and I saw a lot of people, you know, coming at me being like, what, like blah, blah, blah. How could you ever, you're throwing all your healing away, all this stuff. And I want to note that forgiving somebody is not excusing their actions. It's not forgetting what they did to you. It's not forgetting how hurt you felt. It's not forgetting your worth. It's not throwing your healing away. You are forgiving them selfishly in order to drop a grudge you may be holding on to in order to fully move on. Because I just have found in friendships, in past relationships, in this in this situation that you guys have publicly seen, it is so hard to move on if you are still holding on to any feelings. This can be hatred, anger, resentment. All of that is a feeling. If you are holding on to that, you cannot move on fully because a part of you is still holding on. And so for me, I found that forgiveness was so healing. And I just remember, obviously, again, I'm not going to give personal details, but I remember after I had given my forgiveness and after the conversation had been had and I heard the apologies that I felt like I deserved um, and they left and I was very much like, I felt like a weight had lifted off my chest, like a hundred pounds had lifted off my chest because I felt like I was like, okay, like I don't, I'm not mad at them anymore. I don't hate them anymore. I hate what they did to me. And I don't, I'm not forgetting what they did to me, but I forgive them for myself because I don't want to hang on to that anger anymore. I don't want to hang on to that grudge, that resentment. I don't want to hang on to any of it. I want to let all of it go. Like, I don't want to just move on from the relationship. I also want to move on from the pain and the hatred and all of that. And I feel like forgiveness is so important. And often people don't want to go there because, and I experienced this a little bit like within myself as well, but like, you don't want to forgive because you don't want them to think that you're, that you're excusing their actions. You don't want to feel like, you know, you let them win whatever you feel like they're winning by by forgiving them, but I just personally feel like it's it's a selfish thing you're doing, forgiving them. It's for you. Because at the end of the day, like they did what they did and nothing can be changed, but what you can change is how you move forward. And me personally, I have found that moving forward without the hatred and with the forgiveness has been such a different type of healing. I think a lot of people also assume like, okay, if you've forgiven them, then you are fully moved on. You're fully healed. And I don't think that has to be the case. I think that you are going to continue to heal whether you forgive them or not. But to me, forgiving felt 
so good. And I felt like I was shifting my healing from a place of just anger and resentment and hostility and shifting it to like an empowerment for myself. Like, and honestly, like it it just feels good to be able to forgive. Like you are sound enough within yourself to forgive them and still continue to do your healing in whatever way that looks like for you. And I just think that forgiveness is overlooked and people think that it's not necessary. And I don't, I also don't think that forgiveness has to involve like the person that broke your heart coming back into your life. Like I think you can very much forgive them on your own, but every situation is different. And I think that forgiving them within yourself is so important in whatever that way plays out for you, whatever it looks like in real life, whether it's being said to them, whether it's just within yourself, whether it's like in a journal, whatever it is, just truly forgiving them is so important. And I think that's like a huge step that shifts you in to phase two of a breakup. And at this point, you're really able to see the situation from more of a realistic, logical outsider's point of view, right? Like I think once you're able to sort of like take off the rose colored glasses and forgive them, you start to be like, well, I really didn't like this or that about the relationship or why would I ever want to be with someone that made me feel this or that way? And it's very much like, you're not directing anything towards them. It's very much like for you, it's like, what do I need? Well, they actually thinking about it, you know, I, they actually couldn't really give me fully what I needed. And it's kind of like, you guys, I know that audio on TikTok That's like, not that I'm looking at him, this kind of ugly, whatever, you know, or he's kind of ugly, whatever it is. But, uh, it's like that, but not ugliness. It's like, you realize you're able, it's like you're, you take a step back and you're like, you know what? Now that you mention it, I think that this breakup was a good thing. It's like kind of when you're able to do that, you know? And again, this doesn't mean that you don't miss them or miss what, what was, you know, miss how you used to be, but you've definitely like accepted the breakup and you agree, keyword agree that the breakup was like for the better. Like I think at first it's really hard, even if you know, deep down, like I know I wasn't happy, but I really loved them. Like I think at this point you're sort of like, I did really love them, but I also know that this is for the better and I've accepted it. And I I know that I will find someone else, things like that. And I think that phase two also has to occur after like a significant amount of time has been spent alone healing. And I think this also looks different for everyone. Like I'm not saying you couldn't be lightly talking to or seeing other people. Like I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't think that's necessarily the healthiest thing, but like, who am I to judge? You know, like I'm not saying you literally were celibate in your room, isolated healing for months and months on end. I don't mean that healing looks so different for everyone. Like literally you never know what is going to come out of you when you're healing. Um, and it doesn't matter how it plays out, but as long as you've spent that time healing, whatever it looked like for you, like that had to have occurred to get you to this point. And I think also at this point, like you genuinely believe that you deserve better and that your happiness is most important top priority. And I think that's a really hard pill to swallow when you're in love. 
And again, it doesn't necessarily mean that the person was a bad person or that they treated you poorly. It just means that they were not giving you what you needed emotionally, physically. Mm, I don't know. What's another like situationally? I don't know. They just, you just weren't fully getting what you need. So when I say you deserve better, it doesn't have to mean that they're treating you poorly or like shit. It just means that you deserve better for you. Like there is someone out there that will meet more of your needs is what I mean by that. And that is the utmost importance. And also in phase two, um, you are able to start dating again, or maybe you're at least realizing like you're not broken. Like you can have feelings for other people. And this was a huge one for me because forever and ever and ever. I mean, I know it's only been like six months or seven months, whatever it is, but like, I know it's still so early on, I guess. But, um, again, who's to say like what speed you're supposed to heal at. But I, I definitely like, I would like think people were cute and I would talk to them and I'd be like, but like, why don't I like them? Like, why don't I have why am I unable to have a crush on them? Like I'm literally broken. I'm literally never going to have feeling for someone ever again. Like those are real thoughts that I was having. And I know I'm not alone in that because I've talked to many friends who feel the same way after being heartbroken, but it was huge for me when I realized like, wait, I think I can't have feelings for other people. The first time that I had like a real legitimate crush at like post breakup, I was like, oh my God, like, I don't even care if this goes anywhere. This is huge. I'm not broken. And I I literally texted my friends. I'm like, guys, I'm pretty sure that I have a legit crush on this person and I am not broken. And it felt so good. And I kind of want to talk about like dating again after um, getting your heart broken or after a breakup. Because when I say dating, like I'm using that very lightly. Like I don't mean necessarily like officially being with someone I mean more just like talking to people forming connections hanging out having crushes etc and it's a really weird weird concept like I think I realized like hey I'm definitely open to like the idea of dating again whenever I developed that first crush and I stopped finding myself looking for my past relationships and other people and I also realized like I wasn't dating out of spite like I think a lot of people do in phase one but I was dating talking to people because like I was talking to cool people and I genuinely enjoyed talking to them and like it just feels so exciting to have a crush on someone like after being so hurt or getting out of a long-term relationship like and then you do all your healing and you spend so much time alone and then like you finally I'm like oh my god like I forgot how this felt like you just at least for me like for the longest time I wasn't even like a question in my head like I just wasn't looking for anyone um and it's not that I'm looking for anyone now but like I'll like if someone cool comes around, like I'm, I'm in a place where I'm like very much open to it and welcoming to it. And like just feeling the excitement when they do like little things or flirt with you is just like really fun, regardless of if anything ever goes anywhere, you know, like you just kind of feel like a teenager in love again. And it's like such a fun, giddy feeling after spending so long being so hurt and feeling unable to feel this way. Like it just feels good to 
feel that way again. And I don't know. I just think also though, like you will likely notice maybe some weird icky feelings popping up. Um, And this is sort of where you have to take a step back and maybe identify your red flags or identify things that you need to continue to work on as you welcome new relationships, as you continue to heal, as you start dating, things of that nature. So like your past relationships don't define your new relationships, but I think they do play a big part because when you spend months or years with one person, what you think is quote unquote right or quote unquote wrong within your brain about yourself or your relationships with others, like it's hugely based off of what was the case in your past relationships. This can go for friendships as well, but relationships, like for example, like random example, say your partner really hated, I don't know, when you like complained about having a bad day at work or something. And whenever you start talking to new people, like you might avoid, you likely actually will avoid telling them about bad days at work out of fear that you will upset them. And um, like, I just think that learning to navigate new people, no matter what, is part of the fun, but it's also scary and overwhelming at times. And, you know, that's okay. That's normal. And something that is important to note that like, I actually just talked about with my therapist yesterday, but, um, I often find myself whenever I'm talking to somebody new or, you know, interested in someone, I I feel like I'm always worried about them. Like I'm always like, Oh, how are they feeling? Like if they, if they're taking like, uh, what I deem as a significant amount of time, um, to answer, I start mind reading. I talked a lot about that in my cognitive distortions episode. I think I'm going to talk about that more in a little bit, but like, I don't know, like I just start mind reading. I start being like, Oh, I hope they're okay. I hope they still want to talk to me, whatever. And I was, I always thought I did that because I cared so much about them. But my therapist yesterday pointed out and she was like, I don't think that you're feeling that way because you care so much about them. I think you're feeling that way because you're, you're afraid that you're going to get hurt or abandoned or left again and I was like oh you know what (laughs) my therapist is queen of making me be like well you know what you got me there but for real like I I I had an eye opener I was like that is so true like it's so within me like obviously I care about them as a human being but like when you're talking to someone new it's like you don't actually really care very much like you're starting to but like you don't actually really care if they're okay like you don't want them to be sad, but like, you don't really care that much. Like you feel like you care a lot because you're having anxiety. You feel this like nervousness and you think that you just really care about them and you want to know if they're okay. But in reality, like you're just, you're afraid of getting hurt and abandoned. And that's why you're, you're panicking. You're freaking out. You're being so concerned. It's like within you. And I think as you navigate people, like you might start to find things where you're like, ew, like, I don't want, or I don't like how this is making me feel. Or maybe you catch yourself doing things that you knew you did um, in your past relationships that you think were a little bit of a toxic thing. And I think that this is all really important. So I think that as you start to date again, as you start to welcome new people in, look at your red flags. So like for me personally, I feel like 
like something that I feel often with friendships and relationships and just everything is I feel like I'm always putting in more effort or care more um, about the other person than they do about me. And so I find myself sort of like straying away from who I really am out of fear that I'll be like too much for someone else, whatever the hell that means. Um, and I feel like if somebody pushes away from me, I'm going to push away 10 times harder. And I was listening to the gals on the go podcast with Danielle and Brooke and Danielle was talking about how with friendship, she feels like she's the only one that ever reaches out, blah, blah, blah. And, um, that she was talking to her therapist about that. And she was saying how she wants to just stop asking people because she is the only one that ever asked people to hang out and she's sick of it. And she's just going to stop because if no one's going to do it for her, then she's not going to do it for others. And her therapist was kind of just like, but you know, Danielle, like that's not you. And why would you change who you are? Like if you so badly want someone that asks you to hang out or puts in the effort, why would you purposely not be that for someone else? Like you are that person for everyone else. So why would you stop? If you're looking for it in someone else, don't subtract it from yourself thinking that that's going to do it, do you any good because at the end of the day, like that's not who you are. And I feel that way with new relationships and just this seriously does go for friendships too, but I guess I'm referring to relationships here. Like I find myself pulling away and it's like, why, why not be yourself fully? Because if I pull away and then the person I'm talking to or whatever ends up liking the pulled away version of me, that's not even me. And so then in the long run, I'm not going to be happy. They're not going to be happy and it's not going to work out. Like you have to stay authentic to you and you can't change yourself or shift yourself to impress someone or to try to make someone happy or to prevent someone from leaving because it's just not going to do you any good. But anywho, (laughs) another red flag of mine is I overthink like crazy. Like I always assume that people are annoyed with me or hate me or want to avoid me. And I'm always so afraid that I am talking about myself too much. Like I'm so afraid to be the person that talks about themselves too much to the point where I feel like I feel guilty anytime I talk about myself at all, like at all. And I do the mind reading thing. This is the cognitive distortion that I've talked about. I touched on briefly earlier in the episode. And then also I have a whole podcast episode about it, but I will mind read. Like I, they, I'll send a message and they'll take like a minute to answer not literally a minute, but like a wild answer. And I'm like, oh my God, why did I say that? Oh my God, they think I'm annoying. Oh my God, they hate me. Oh my God, they're never going to answer. Oh my God, I'm gross. And like literally they're like taking a shower or something, you know, like none of my business, what the hell they're doing. Like it doesn't matter what they're doing. I'm literally mind reading. I have absolutely no idea, absolutely no idea what anyone is thinking at any point in time. And I need to stop doing that. Um, and like, it's cause the thing is I'm always like assuming that they're thinking bad about me and like spoiler alert, that is literally me projecting how I feel about myself into the made up mind of others. Like the only validity in what I'm thinking that they're thinking is that cause it's cause I'm thinking it. It's like, it's not truthful, but if I'm like, Oh my God, they think I'm annoying. I no no no. I think I'm annoying. And I'm worrying that they are because if I think I'm annoying, then they must. But there we are, musting and shooting ourselves and others. And if you guys listen to the cognitive, my cognitive distortions episode, like you can't should yourself. 
you can't shit yourself, you can't shit yourself, you know? Um, but anywho, (laughs) this episode felt good. I swear I was explaining to my therapist too. I was like, my podcasts are literally me journaling, like actually for real. Like she was like, have you been keeping up with the chart that I literally talked about in my cognitive distortions episode? And I was like, no, but I feel like I literally worked through emotions writing my podcast episode. And she's like, okay, well good. But like, can you do your journaling? But I'm like, no, but like my journaling, I feel like is my podcast. I don't know how to explain it, but Anyways, I really hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. I know that I really enjoyed um, recording it. And make sure you guys follow me on all my other social media. It's always linked down below in the description of this video. And with all that being said, I mean, no, not this video, of this episode. And with all that being said, I love you all so much. And I will talk to you so super soon in the next episode. Bye.